I mean, if you just sit down and yeah. watch the world go by, yeah. the opportunities are just walking past. Yeah, so definitely. You've Someone got to, else is taking them. Exactly. So you've got yeah. to come out of your comfort zone and just go for it. Hi, everybody. I'm Duncan Krieger. Welcome to DefenderCast. Finally, we get a chance to show you guys something slightly different. We are recording a podcast both in sound and on video and I'm incredibly excited to bring the next few guests to you. Please hold on to your seats and enjoy the ride. Just before I go, I don't get a chance to do this very often. Please make sure that you leave a little comment wherever you're watching or listening. Thumbs up would be really nice and subscribe so that you are kept up to date with what we're up to. There is a mailing list which I will ask you to subscribe to for all tab things and most importantly... Um, don't forget to give me some feedback because I'd really appreciate it. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to DefenderCast. I am here with a new friend of mine, somebody who I met recently, who I feel I really have a lot in common with. We're both out in the world trying to find our way using all of the new available technology and things that are available to us. And I think both of us have a real plan and also a lack of a plan when it comes to what we're doing and why i'm going to introduce nigel rima to DefenderCast. this is season two episode eight and i hope you enjoy the conversation so welcome nigel thank you duncan thank you thank you for coming in i appreciate it no problem at all thank you for Um, having me so you've been listening in a little bit to what i've been up to we didn't meet very long ago Um, I thought it would be interesting to give you a chance to tell your story and a little bit about what you're up to. So do you want to give us a bit of background and introduce yourself? Yeah, no yourself? problem. Okay, so my name's Nigel Rima. I currently work for Wandsworth Council in uh, the leasehold department. Um, what that entails is uh, undertaking leasehold consultation um, with residents um, on the estate for major works. Um, that could include roof renewals, window renewals, um, door entry systems, um, lift refurbishment, um, that sort of thing. Um, on the other side of that as well, I have a sideline, as you like to call it, a side hustle. I, I know do. you've used yeah. that term before. I have. Um, so I currently run an, an Instagram account called Property Tents, um, which I started in January 2018. Um, it's currently going well. I think we've got about 27,000 followers, um, which obviously we've you know, um, curated over over that period of time. Amazing amount of um, followers. Yeah, it is. And to be honest with you, it's been a lot of hard work actually trying to um, generate that following because it's not just about putting out the content. It's also trying to engage with the audience yeah. and making sure that you're bringing value as well. So the more, the bigger the audience, the more time it takes to engage with them. Of I course, guess. exactly, because the more comments you get. So, so yeah. I want to drill into both of these sides independently because yeah. I'm interested very interested in the side hustle element, which yep. um, is not a phrase that I coined, but it's mm. one that I can relate to yep. a lot. And I think a lot of people out there sort of look at the headlines, like 25,000 Instagram followers, mm. it's all right for him because of this and because yep. of that. And I don't think people really understand yep. how much time and effort yep. it takes. And then also the fact that you do have a full-time job. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that you, you're not and a family as well family as well um, which is another important part yes exactly so let's talk about your day job 
Okay. Because um, I always, for some reason, like to come back to the social side at yeah. the end. Uh, is, so you work for Wandsworth Council. Yeah, so I work, I'll probably give a bit of background as to how yeah. I actually got into yeah. um, social and also housing. because I've got a... A block management company. Yes, exactly. We've got block management company. Yeah. And it's probably an area we yes, haven't explored together. Um, I'm interested in how maybe the council do things differently to how we do things, yeah. and um, where we could maybe give each other some hints and tips. Yeah, so go yeah, on, give definitely. us some background. Okay, so um, yeah, so I grew up in Clapham, South London, um, and we moved to Tulse Hill in about uh, 1989, okay. long time ago. Um, that's where I started um, comprehensive school. Yeah. Um, William Penn in North Dulwich. Okay. Um, I, I really enjoyed school, had no problems there. Um, I wasn't the brightest. When I was at school, I did find that I had a huge um, passion for electronics. Um, and I used to do like computer programming at home. I don't know if you remember basic yeah. programming. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I used to do that at home quite a lot. I mean, to be honest with you, I got quite geeky about it. Okay. I've got huge geek tendencies. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I did electronics for a while. I, what um, sort of things were you programming? Um, just basic things like computer games. You know, you had you know, like the tennis game, the yeah, ping yeah. pong and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just that was really complicated at that point, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was quite complicated. Yeah. But, I mean, you'd have the book and yeah. it would have all the codes in there, but yeah. then you could change certain things to, you know. And there was a bit of hardware as well. You needed yes. to plug things in. Yes, exactly. Like, I mean, I, I remember vaguely there was like a keyboard where you could click something in on the side of the keyboard, like cartridges. Yeah, yeah, cartridges, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, now you're going way back. Go Commodore, way si back. Commodore 64, yeah, yeah. Um, Amiga. Yeah. So you had all those all those type of computers. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I mean, during my time at school, I did quite well in electronics as well as a few other subjects. Um, I came out all right. Um, went to Merton College, 96. Um, went there for two years. I did a BTEC in electronic engineering. To be honest with you, I just... I sort of um, didn't really get on with my work. Yeah. I was spending more time in the refectory paying yeah. blackjack <laughs> yeah. and whatnot. Um, yeah. Luckily, I managed to make it to university. I don't know how. Amazing. Um, so I went to Luton University. Um, I only stayed there for two years, though. What did you study? Um, so I studied computer-aided engineering. Again, when I went to university, it was my first time away from home. So, you know, I was kind of like a kid in the yeah. candy shop, yeah. you know, spread my wings. Um, I decided I wanted to be a DJ. So I started, um, I spent my um, student student loan right. money on records and DJ equipment, decks and all of that. Technics, 12-10s. Technics, 12-10s. And, you know, I was doing um, raves in the student union bar and stuff Sick. like that. And we were organizing um, discos and parties. And yeah, I mean, that was sort of my first, um, I'll say, well, not my first, but that was one of the experiences where I, I knew that I had maybe some entrepreneurial tendencies, yeah. you know, like providing a service and hopefully trying to get some some money back yeah. and entertaining people. Yeah. Did you make um, money from doing those events? Um, well, say make, broke even, basically. Yeah, fair enough. You know, not, yeah, it wasn't yeah, so like you got a to party for free, which is exactly, which exactly, money, exactly. Um, yeah, so I mean, after that stint, like I said, I didn't finish university. Um, I came back to London um, where I, signed up with an agency and I got a role in um, a bank in in central London. Um, I was doing just basic admin duties there, but what that um, sort of brought me into was that sort of world of, you know, city workers and yeah. stuff like that. And what bank was that? Um, Barclays. Okay. Um, so I, I probably wanted to aspire to um, do the stuff that they were doing, you know, because I was working with a lot of 
um, stockbrokers, yeah. um, investment bankers, that sort of thing. And I'll and I'll go up and talk to them and yeah. you know ask some questions about what they're doing and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Um, that's the bit you can't teach, I think. No, like when you talk about entrepreneurial spirit, mm. that's the thing that I really enjoy about just getting. You know, it's how these conversations are come yeah. about for both of us. You know, we met, shook hands, a couple of yeah. weeks later, we're sitting down, yeah. telling each other a story. That's the bit that's difficult to teach. I think that's the bit that really can help people. Yeah to say actually i'm interested i'm gonna knock on your door yeah. it's putting Can yourself out there basically minutes? isn't yeah, it i definitely. mean if you just sit down and yeah. watch the world go by yeah. the opportunities are just walking past yeah, so definitely. You've someone got to else is taking them exactly so you've got yeah. to come out your comfort zone and just go for it yeah so yeah i mean i spoke to them about about stuff like that and then for some reason i just i started reading the financial times like on yeah. the way into work and and i saw an article in there about um penny shares um and it's you know one of those things where you you know you cut out you yeah. put your name in and then they send you like this weekly booklet about penny shares and how to invest and all this sort of stuff yeah so yeah i mean i really got into that i started looking at it and i was thinking oh i could you know i could do i could do some of this yeah um at that time i had voxel calibra car which was you know my yeah. pride and joy yeah. you know at, at that age it was all about Working having your bank earning some money yeah having a car a, do you yeah. know what i mean so um and i thought to myself do you know what I think I can do this investing thing. Why not? Yeah. So what I did was I sold my car, um, had a bit of money, um, I had a bit of money saved up as well, put that together and, and invested in two, two stocks. Uh, oh, one was, what they were? Yeah, one was uh, MinMet. Um, that was a gold exploration company. Um, they actually, at that time, they actually purchased um, a plot of land in Brazil. Okay. And again, I'm reading all this through the Penny Share Guide. Um, some of the information that they put out was, um, you know, they'd carried out air surveys over that piece of land that they purchased. They didn't know whether it would have any gold or any minerals inside, yeah. but they did an air survey, and that air survey showed that there were what's called, I think, kimberlite structures okay. um, in the ground, and that would indicate that there could be. Yeah. And as you, I don't know if you're aware, but um, with, like, shares and stuff, a lot of the time the share price is based on speculation. Yeah. It's like, what if, like, yeah, yeah. it could be Positive this. Positive report. Yeah, exactly. Price you know. increase. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I invested some money in that. Um, How and much? Uh, it was about £12,000. Yeah, not, yeah. I mean, in, at that time, it was a... It sounds like a lot. It was a bit yeah. um, at that time. Um, and I sat on it. Yeah. I sat on it for nine months, really. I did nothing. I, yeah. I didn't spend any money. Carried on reading every day. Carried on reading every day. In fact, I was work at that time. I was actually I was actually working for Lambeth Council. Okay. And um, I remember I was working in Brixton, and every lunchtime I would actually go to Morley's, which was across the road, go into the department store, go to the TV section, and go and look at the teletext. Yeah. yeah. This is how I wrote it, to okay. see what the share price was yeah. was saying, you know. And I had my little logbook where I'd yeah. write it in, and when I got home, I'll put it in the computer, Wicked. and then it would calculate, you know, what my, you know, how much I'd made, how Wicked. much I'd lost, and all that kind of stuff. Um, eventually, I ended up doubling up my money awesome. on that on that particular investment. Well, so, you, so, so nine months time. You could see the price was going I up. I could see the price was going you up. You weren't yeah. sure whether it was going to carry on going. You felt like the good oh, news yeah, yeah. stopped. The, I think what I learned timing is everything. It is everything. What I learned from that experience was not only I didn't just go into it all gun ho. I'm just going to invest some money and just hope for the best. At the same time, I set myself stop losses as well. So yeah. if it, I mean, I I, I invested at seven p yeah. per share, and I said to myself, if it went down five p, I would yeah. just sell my shares and Fair come enough. out. 
Um, that didn't happen, luckily yeah. enough. It just went up. Did it go down at all? It, I think it, yeah, it fluctuated. Below 7p? Yeah, it w- yeah, it did dip below 7p. But yeah. again, because I've got my stop loss, as yeah. long as it didn't go below 5, just hold and on. How did you invest? Is it Was it through, because now obviously everything's automated. Yeah, it was, IG yeah it was old school, man. Yeah. Uh, Barclays stockbrokers, you phone them up, yeah. um, speak to the stockbroker, give them the details. Yeah. Um, you wire the money um, through your, your bank account. They send you the, the, the share certificate in the yeah. post, Maybe. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. all like that. So, yeah. And what so. was the other stock? Uh, the other stock was a company called Toro Track, um, and it's an automotive industry. So they have like uh, engines and bits and pieces. I actually lost money on that one. Okay, that was my but question. Luckily, but luckily enough, I, I didn't invest too much. I think I only invested maybe two thousand pounds on that one, okay. and I think I got back maybe like seven hundred or something. So all right, so another bad. entrepreneurial trait. Yeah, really. so like yeah, I back myself to yeah, of course, you know, hundred percent. Find I out mean, the information, take a risk, sell my car can't teach that shit no and the worst the the funny thing about that particular thing that happened was when i did invest for some reason i knew i was going to get money i was going to make money for some reason i don't know what it was i just had to hold on yeah i had that gut feeling for some reason so so okay let's keep going that's the interesting part of the story it's the bit that i really enjoy about we don't know each other so everything's new but you know you 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 just don't know what you're gonna i mean i don't really ever dig back on myself about those sort of little milestones along the way and i've had businesses that have succeeded and failed and mm. i threw a few parties yeah, as well yeah. i had a little company called fat events okay and um we f- i threw a party with my friend nick called strictly hip-hop and All it was right. a fucking sellout and we were <laughs> really swimming in cash at the end of where the was night. this it was in um shilly beers in islington okay that was a long time ago. Okay, so that's your manner, obviously. Well, ish. Uh, I mean, North, North London, London yeah. yeah. I've like pounded the streets okay. of North London from my first jobs to, I've lived in Camden and okay. all, all sort of moved all the way in, yeah. into London from Hertfordshire where I grew up and then slowly worked my way back out and now I'm slowly working my way back okay. in again. Yeah, I don't know much about North London. I mean, I, I did live in Hendon for yeah, a okay. bit. Yeah. And um, what's that other place called again? Graham Park Estate, yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, was it Collindale? Yeah, yeah, Collindale, yeah. It's changed a lot around there okay, now. Okay, because it was pretty was rough when, was <laughs> when pretty I was rough, there. Yeah, um. yeah I mean, the, the redevelopment of those sort of, um, it's not the only place, but redevelopment of those sort of areas yeah. is drastic. Yeah. And they've built something like 2,000 homes yeah. down there now. Yeah, I mean, that's um, a that's a big thing that the council is doing right now. Yeah. I mean, regeneration. I yeah. mean, they're looking at all their stock and, you know, trying to either knock them down and yeah, build yeah. new stock. Sustainable, and, yeah, you know. green you know, low cost, yeah. um, low running costs and stuff. And some of the tech stuff that I've seen that doesn't get enough airtime, in my opinion, about how to make buildings more sustainable, mm. um, we, even with like windows on the right side of the building, yeah. smaller windows on the other side, so making sure heat retains in the buildings. Yeah. Smart meters is a small example yeah. of how things can really drastically improve. So, go on, you were telling us your story. So Yeah, so, um, yeah. so after that, that um, brief time doing um, the whole share dealing thing. Um, yeah, when I exited, um, I had the, I had uh, the plan obviously to buy my first property. That was that was the main goal. Yeah, twenty five um, grand in the bank at this point. That. Yeah, and then obviously at that time as well, you know, um, you could get a mortgage for ninety five percent. So you know, it was pretty. Yeah, it was it was quite a good time. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I bought a property shared ownership actually. Okay. Um, I only purchased like 25% of it yeah. um, at that time. Obviously I wanted to hold some money. Yeah. Um, and 
yeah, I use some of the money as well to furnish the property and buy all the lavish things that I, I thought I needed, yeah. you know, going to Selfridges like and buying. Like 10% the property and a massive TV. <laughs> yeah, well, I, <laughs> yeah, I went I went to Selfridges and bought a Bang & Olsen television nice, and Bose it. stereo and yeah. bought myself a Mitsubishi FTO, yeah. which I really loved. And but You know what, you have to, you have to. Yeah. You have to go through those things to realise exactly. at the end what's actually important exactly. to you and what's not. Exactly. I mean, I'm selling cars at the moment yeah. that I we were talking about this morning that I absolutely fucking love and I always, always wanted, but now I'm at a slightly different place yeah. in my life and I'm thinking, definitely not thinking would I do it differently yeah. before because I've, I've Yeah, you've had that experience. Exactly, that I've had the opportunity mm. and I've loved every minute, but now I'm thinking, right, it's perfectly fair to reassess. Yeah. What have I learned? Who who am I now? What do I want to be? And, you know, you adapt. Yeah. So you kitted out this flat. So I kitted out this flat, yes, yeah, so I was set. You know, I thought, oh, okay, that's... That's me done. Everything's yeah. all right. I don't need anything else. Um, so at that time, I, again, I was working for Lambeth Council. Um, started off in admin. Then I went on to be a housing officer. Um, and I stayed there for about five years okay. being a housing officer. Um, so Tell me. So a housing officer basically entails um, property management. Um, social housing, so managing you're dealing what, with so, so managing big blocks. So like yeah, block yeah a large a large estates. council estate. Yeah, probably around uh, I'd say about thousand units. Yeah, um, and you'd be dealing with anything from rent arrears. Yeah, uh, well rent collection, um, dealing with repairs and maintenance, um, dealing with um, block cleaning, making you know ensuring that um, you know the cleaners are un, you know carrying out the cleaning on. In accordance with the schedule, yeah. um, and also dealing with the main, the main part of that job that I hated was dealing with nuisance and antisocial behaviour. Yeah, and as probably you're aware, when you're dealing with people in large blocks of flats, yeah. there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. Noise nuisance is, yeah. you know, a major factor. How much power do you have? So, I mean, at that stage, what what would normally happen if we received a report from um, a resident causing noise? Um, you'd normally have a section that maybe might be the, called the noise team I mean, in Wandsworth they have patrol officers that go that um, will go and visit the property and do a report um, to say whether the you know the noise was excessive or not yeah um, depending on how many reports you have from the same property you could then take further action by serving what's called a section 80 notice yeah which is a noise abatement notice okay. and that essentially would give you the power if it was to continue to, evict them. to yeah potentially ev evict them so that I was mean, the worst part of the job. That was the worst part because I mean you're you're talking to two to two people yeah. and everyone's got um, their side of the story. Yeah. This person did this. This person did that. So you know that was yeah, kind of it's kind of obvious to me. I guess the worst part of any job is where you got to do the, the horrible bits or the yeah, of course. Bits. Um, I guess it's nice to be able to house people that really need yeah. somewhere, put them yeah, in yeah. a new home and be accessible to them to make sure everything's working. But then when the neighbours banging on the wall at three o'clock in the morning every night, you know something's got to give. Exactly. Makes sense that that would be the worst part of the job. Yeah, and the problem the problem about it as well is that I mean, every whenever the phone rings, it's never somebody saying, "Oh, you know, you've done a good job." It's always an issue. Yeah, you know, something that you have to deal with. So yeah. it's like you're a firefighter; you're constantly yeah. trying to put mouth. out fires. You know, yeah. So just constant, constant, constant. Yeah, constant. no one ever phones says thanks so much. Yeah, job. no, yeah. no, you don't, you don't <laughs> get that. It's, no. If they're calling you, it's about an issue, something that needs to be resolved. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I mean, that can be. You need to be a certain type of person to take that as well. Yeah, um, and also, sometimes people, when they're phoning you, they're angry, they're upset about something. Yeah. So, 
you know, you have to be able to manage that. Yeah, so yeah, that's a skill, right? It is, is definitely a skill. To turn a kind of negative into a positive. Um, it's definitely a skill. I think part, it's part of sales, really, but they say dealing with objection, dealing with rejection mm. is is skills that make you a good salesperson because yeah. you need to cut through the, okay, how can yeah. we, like, let's yeah. help you. Like, this is the issue. This is what we can do to solve yeah. it. Did we help you? Is there anything else yeah. we can do? And before you know it, you can turn it around to, great, I'm so pleased I got you on the phone. I would have been able to do this without you. I think um, before I started that job, actually, I sort of went into it thinking that I could resolve every, any issue. Yeah. Like, you know, I'll, I'll just, you know, knock it on the head and, you know, s- s- solve it. But nothing's ever as, as easy as that, mm-hmm. you know. There's always, especially working with the council as well, yeah. you have to remember that um, you're accountable to local councillors as well. Yeah. There's a lot of red Logic tape. goes out the window. Yeah, and there's a lot of rules and regulations, you know, which obviously you have to abide by. Yeah, I mean, um, that, that, that really frustrates me yeah. I mean I struggle with that yeah. I struggle with there's a solution obviously within the confines of the law I yeah. think there's one thing that you have to be mindful of I think my experience with dealing with councils is that red tape is probably the best way to describe it is that yeah. everything uh, firstly they have huge organisations yes. right um, they've got tiny budgets compared mm-hmm. to what they need to spend yeah, even smaller now <laughs> Yeah, everyone's always vying for mm. any sort of money anything that costs money is like pff, bottom yeah. of the pile um, yeah, my thing's always like, right, I can do this better myself. You know, I take all the skills that I've learned. How can I use them to do something yeah. using these skills and without the, with, with as few sort of, um, as little red tape as possible. I mean, with your block management company, yeah. I'm sure you, obviously you have a lot of yeah um, autonomy to like. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we are... Um, I mean, Gary, Gary's going to come on and talk to us actually on the podcast because he's the managing director. He okay. runs the business. Yep. I, I go there once a week. I'm the majority shareholder, but we're both partners yep. um, in the true sense. And he works for the company and I don't. Okay. Um, we're obsessed with finding a better way. Okay. We're obsessed with using things to our advantage to make the user customer journey um, better. And it's not just about this is the way it's done and this is the way yeah. to fix a problem. We're constantly searching for um, whether it be technology, which is obviously on the tip of everyone's tongue yes, at the moment. Course. Um, but there are ways that customers can communicate with us as a block management mm. firm in a much more quick and efficient yeah. way. Um, I always use the term firefighting as well. It's mm. exactly the same way as I would describe block management. Um, and what we're trying to do is be more proactive mm. so on the front foot and one of the ways to do that is with technology so yeah. we can you know if we can keep notifying people of things that are coming up then yeah. it should stop the phone yeah. ringing to ask why things are yeah. coming up or um, give them you know an avenue to actually report incidents yeah. rather than phoning you guys yeah and we know, tried so. re- in a basic way we use things like fixed flow okay. where a tenant can um, take a photo of something upload yeah. it and okay. then we become accountable right. so then yes. it's like this ticket arrived yeah. at one o'clock in the morning you've got a three hour turnaround yeah. time before you reach out and take action okay. and then we can monitor on every level yeah. oh that's good yeah, and also so we can go back and say to our customers look this is the best way for you to report mm. rather than you call us your property manager's yeah. busy they call you back at lunchtime yeah. you weren't at your desk before you know it, you've lost a day yeah. um you know we all want to be held accountable yeah and um, they've got a record obviously of, yeah, of the exactly. incident there's as well, a, re- so a record of what happened and when um that's just a really small um, a really small example and what we're doing now is we're trying to be much more visible on site yeah so we are throwing like barbecues and summer okay. parties and grand openings and inviting people to 
what I really, really want to do, my vision is that blocks should become more of a community. Yeah, no, that's These, a very you know, good idea. People should be, a, if you've got a painter and a decorator mm. that lives in a hundred yeah. flat scheme, why isn't everyone using them when they yeah, need yeah. painting and decorating? Of course. Um, and it the makes same, perfect you might sense. be an interior designer, you might be a plumber, you might have someone who's got uh, a telecoms firm, you know, everyone should be able to work together. Yeah. And typically, if you live in the same building, then you share some, um, you know, you sh you've got some common ground already, yeah. you live in the same area, you, you, you want to look after it bus, as well. You get the same train, exactly. You want to look after your building, you want. Um, yeah, so I, th I think there is a way to bring the community together. Um, that, that's the way that I see blocks going, mm. to be honest. So after your five years at um, Lambeth, at Lambeth yeah. then what happened? Then I went to Wandsworth. So uh, your, te your, um, your, like your computer skills at this point are sort of gone. Yeah, yeah. Memory. That's, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I did, I did not follow that up Fair at enough. all. So. Yeah, that was just sort of a, a distant memory. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that stopped me from doing that was obviously um, me not being that great at maths. Okay. So that's probably what what, yeah, so what stopped me from doing. Fair that. enough. Yeah, I was more uh, more or practical got distracted person as well. Maybe a little. Sorry. Bit. Got distracted as well with one um, yeah, property. Yeah, yeah. Got distracted a little bit yeah. as well. I mean, during that time as well, I um, I rented out my property for some time as well. Went yeah. back home, and um, yeah, so I was. You know, doing did you, that. Did you I buy any more of that property along the way? I didn't actually. No. I didn't. Did you no. still own it? No, I sold it. I sold it on. Fair enough. Yeah. Cool. All right, go on. So yeah. So um, yeah. So um, then moved on to Wandsworth, um, and that's when I started doing um, leasehold consultation, um, and yeah, I mean, I've been there. I've been there ever since. Um, so how long's that? How so long's that? I've been at Wandsworth for twelve years. Wow. Yeah, so it's okay. a long time. And is it a similar sort of role? I mean. I assume um, you sort of climbed up the yeah, ladder a little well, bit. Well, I, I should probably go back. I've actually had two roles in, in Wandsworth. So the first one was a state manager, which was similar, which basically is the same as a housing officer. Yeah. What and made you move from one council to another? Um, to be honest with you, it w I just wanted a change. Yeah. Um, Lambeth Council at that time, um, they seemed to go through a lot of restructuring. Um, basically every two years, they would restructure and, you know, people get moved around and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it, it was a bit annoying and... It, it sort of, a lot of people were not very happy about um, having to reapply for their jobs and stuff like that. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a good time there. So. so you got the opportunity to move. Got the opportunity went to move. Went in to do the same role that you were doing before. Yeah. And then. And then, um, yeah, so I did that for about four years. And then obviously I moved on to my new role, which was leasehold consultation officer. So tell me, because I mean, I, it might, we might need to break it down a little bit for the audience, yeah. but I'm quite interested in... Mm -hmm. Um, leasehold consultation okay. generally. I mean, yeah. I'm very, very interested in leasehold and freehold legislation yeah. in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there's a huge amount of debate about ground rents and what the value of a freehold should be yeah. when there's long leases sold off. And yeah. I'm interested in that for various reasons. Um, but what does, what does leasehold consultation mean to a council tenant okay well to a council tenant or to a count or to a um, leaseholder yeah uh, to so a you're talking about a leaseholder lease in a so where you own freehold free yeah. yeah where the council owns the freehold and you have a leaseholder who's purchased the, the right to live in the block yeah, long lease. basically yeah um generally the leases um, for council flats are normally 125 years yeah 
Um, we do have some that are 99 years. Yeah. Um, and obviously the 99 year leases are negotiated um, upon purchase. And the um, leasehold consultations about when those leases drop below 60, 70 years? Um, that's, a, that's actually um, a separate thing, actually. Okay. Um, if you obviously want to extend your lease um, when it goes below um, a certain a certain amount, then obviously you need to negotiate with the council. They'll carry out evaluation yeah. and um, they'll give you a price um, yeah. on how much you need to pay in order to increase your term. So what does leasehold consultation mean? Leasehold consultation is purely about um, the consultation between major works. Okay. So when we procure works on larger states, like I said yeah. earlier, like maybe a window renewal yeah. contract, for instance. Yeah, so you've got a block of 100 flats, yeah. say a high-rise building as an example, yeah. gets 15 years down the line, and you think like it's inefficient, it needs, yeah. it need, every window needs replacing. Um, I, I assume in some of these blocks you still own some of the flats as well. Yes, we have so tenants in there as well. You've got tenants, you've got private ownership. Yeah. Um, and what you do is you would, if all the flats were the same size, you would say it's a hundred grand bill divided by a hundred flats, it's a thousand pounds each. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the way we we actually do it, so uh, um, before we actually undertake the works, we'd employ a consultant. Yeah. Um, they'll undertake a feasibility study and prepare specification um, of works. And that will give us a price so that we can then start the first stage of consultation. Yeah. So we'd go out and we would serve a notice of intention to all the leaseholders telling them that um, our consultant has priced the block, the works of the block at this amount, and this is your estimated contribution. Yeah. And we, in their leases, they have a lease percentage, yeah. which is what we use to calculate their yeah, percentage sure. of the block cost. Yeah. So if all the flats were the same size, yeah. the percentage would be would the be same. Be, yeah, but the reality roughly is you've got same. three beds and one yeah, bed, yeah. and therefore yeah. but one again might as well, have they, one window and one might have four. Yeah, again, they, um, they say um, the size, type, and aspect of the of the block yeah. of the property is what would determine the yeah. leasehold percentage. So okay. it could it could fluctuate depending on what floor it's on or yeah. you know how it was calculated back. Makes sense. You know by the GLC. Yeah, I mean, you could easily argue that a flat on the ground floor, identical flat on the ground floor, is worth less than a flat on the tenth floor. Yeah, you could do. Unless there's no lift, in mm. which case you could argue that the tenth floor is less valuable than the ground yeah. floor. Yeah, that's another topic actually as well. Yeah, I mean, with consultation, um, there are a few um, types of works which obviously are more controversial. Yeah. Um, like you just mentioned, lifts as well. I mean, if you're on a ground floor property, um, I mean, you're never going to use a lift, are you? Yeah. But if we have to undertake works to the block to replace the lift. Yeah. Under the terms of your lease, you have to contribute towards those works. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I would argue, if I was in your seat, I would argue that you're improving the value of the block. You're improving mm -hmm. the value yeah. of the building, and therefore you're going to benefit from that yeah. as well. You bring a better quality of owner to the block, potentially. Um, you've got, I don't know, it's maybe a difficult one to yeah, argue. It's well, I mean, when you're in that seat, and yeah. <laughs> you know, someone's got a bill for £7,000 for a yeah. lift that they're never going to use, it's, yeah. you know... It's a yeah, tough I mean, conversation to have. But I yeah, mean, I mean that is it. Yeah, that's the way that that's it works. You're you've signed the lease. You've got a long-term so, lease yeah. over a property that has obligations mm. to the freeholder. Yeah, that's basically it. Okay. And do you, out, out of interest, do you use, ever use outside block management companies to manage any of the stock? Nope. No. It's all, it's so all, it's all done, in, it's all done internal. internally yeah. um, that we do for private freeholders. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So Tell me about property tent. You woke up one day and decided, or you were playing around, or you got a master um, plan. How's it? It's yeah, only been it, a couple of years, right? Yeah, Not even. Only, yeah, couple of, coming up to two years now. It's making um, me think I need to get a move on with my 
um, my account, but there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Property Temp was essentially an accident. I mean, I was quite active on Instagram to start off with. It was one of my, it was basically my favourite platform of choice. Yeah. Um, so I was quite familiar with it. And if I think about it, when it first came out, um, I sort of had a... Uh, I don't know, a feeling about it that I was going to do something on it. I don't know. A bit like the shares. Yeah, one of those. I don't know, it's just weird. Anyway, um, so at that time, I was looking at, um, at that time, you had this thing with, you know, purple bricks and um, all these online agents and stuff like that. And I was thinking, wow, okay. I'm looking at, um, you know, estate agency and stuff like that. I didn't, I didn't know too much about it yeah. at that time, but I was thinking, wow, is this another, you know, bit of disruption for, you know, another industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, oh, let me have a look into that, you know, just me being curious and yeah. stuff like that. So I started doing quite a lot of research on online agents okay. and stuff like that. Um, at that time, I was renting out my mum's property and I had tenants in there. So I kind of had an active interest in that because I was using agents to, Paying you know. Them, yeah, how much it costs. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, it was an interesting topic for me and I was thinking, oh, maybe I could, I could do something like this or, you know. So yeah, I mean, I was looking at that and whilst I was undertaking my research, I joined a lot of Facebook groups and stuff like that for a, um, estate agents. And um, it was interesting listening to some of the comments that agents were, you know, talking about online agents. Um, basically, it was kind of like them and us sort of thing. Um, you know, you had the bricks and mortar agents sort of saying, oh, you know, this thing's a fad, you know, people like the personal touch, it's not going to work, this and that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sort of in the middle thinking to myself, well, I mean, obviously you are going to say that because, yeah. I mean, it's your livelihood and, yeah. you know. No one likes disruption. Exactly, no one likes disruption. So, um, and then again, I, I was looking at a lot of stuff on the online agent side, um, seeing the things that they were doing and, you know, in the end, basically, to draw a line over it, um, I sort of decided that, you know, that was not the right way to go down. I thought this type of uh, market is personal. Mm. Um, a lot of people like to have that personal that personal experience with the agent, even though, okay, it's, it's a lower price point and, um, you know, you could, you could potentially sell your property for um, a lower fee. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think the personal touch was, was, was more important. So yeah, I mean, what I'm hearing just because I do hear conflicting views is that a strong personality can still survive, mm. but but they have to be aware that if you're weak, there is this other option where mm. the technology can do your job for yeah. you. Um, whereas before, I think the debate actually in my mind's always been more about cheap tech or expensive agent. Mm. Now I'm actually seeing this kind of middle ground, which yeah. is if you're good and people want to engage with you, mm. they'll be happy to pay you more yeah. and, ho- and hopefully yes, you'll exactly. achieve a better price mm-hmm. and therefore justify their fees. And But but if you're weak, um, then be aware that yeah. the tech can do the job for yeah. you. They're the other thing as well with the with the tech, um, coming back to it as well, um, because obviously the price is, is such a, a low lower price point. Yeah. Um, what I found out was um, a lot of the online agents, um, obviously they're trying to gain new business, new instructions, and yes, in order to keep up their business because it's so low. Yeah. They need to make up the numbers. Yeah. Um, so they're constantly looking for new instructions. And yeah. whilst they're doing that, they're not dealing with what they already have. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. then and that and in that sense the customers they're are then suffering. Out. They're losing yeah. out because their properties are staying on the market 
for God knows how long. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's, it's just not a viable option it for makes them. Sense. Really. Okay, so then what? So property tent you said was an accident. So yeah. So I mean, whilst I was looking at that, I was I thought to myself, okay, yeah, um, if I'm going to start an online agency, mm-hmm. um, what are the things that I'm I'm going to need in order to to facilitate that to bring attention to it and all this sort and of at thing. At this point, you had your personal account. I had my personal. No, I had my personal. I had I had my personal account at that stage. Yeah. But then, on the back of this, I yeah. I decided to to make make up an account called yeah. Property Tent, where I'll showcase um, property. It was yeah. just property at that time. Yeah. I, I didn't. Look, I wasn't looking at interior design yeah. or architecture or anything like that. I was yeah. just looking at box standard properties, and they were sort of you know the mid range, you know, sort of your two fifties to. Yeah. I think the highest one was probably a million pounds or something like that. And yeah. I was putting that content on Instagram and. It wasn't doing very well, was it? Because Instagram is a visual platform and, you know, the people that are using it want to see nice, shiny properties um, or, you know, architectural, um, interesting property yeah. properties, you know, yeah. good interior design and that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, some people would say, you know, property porn, I've heard, yeah. um, uh, you know, a phrase used. So, yeah. I mean, that's... That, because of that, I then sort of gravitated towards the... How quickly did you notice that? Pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. Pretty quickly, yeah. Well, like post a bog standard 250 house, get yeah, three likes, post a million pound flat, get well, 20 likes. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, a no, it's a no-brainer. So, yeah. yeah. So then I started looking into that a bit more. And then as time went on, obviously, you know, posting properties and looking at other people's accounts as well, what they're doing, um, especially in America. I yeah. mean, that was the big source of inspiration, looking yeah. at the agents and what they were doing in America. So were you trying, so Property Tent, the idea was to be an agency or at this point was I just don't to know. build, just to build a following? It was just to build a following and figure it out later. Yeah. I See, my my view, again, with a lot of stuff that I do is I go in blind. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I just do whatever feels right yeah. and then hope that the pieces start to sort of okay. fall and, and match up. And I always find that opportunities opportunities sort of present themselves yeah. or I see another angle yeah. where I can go. Yeah. And that's um, exactly what's happened with this. So how like what were the spikes like? Did you go one day like do you remember hitting a thousand and then Yeah, I, I do. In fact I've done a few videos, you know. Yeah. Um for each different sort of mark well, I think I've done one video actually, I think when I got to um was it ten thousand? Ten thousand, I think. Yeah, I did. Um, but yeah, it was gradual. Yeah. Um, what, so like slowly, just yeah, it was out, just a out. slow burn, and then sometimes you'd see that you'd post something, and you know the algorithm. I don't know for whatever reason liked it, and then yeah. it'd go a bit crazy. Any paid, like any sponsors? I've done a, f- I've done a few paid. Yeah. Nothing crazy. I probably, yeah. if I was to add up the amount of money I've spent on it, it's probably about two hundred pound. Yeah. If that. Yeah. That's it. I that's mean. Same. I would like to, I mean, that is the, the vision to obviously go down the paid what, route. What no, I've looked at obviously possible revenue streams from it. Yeah. Um, that is a definite conversation to have. Um, ultimately, it's depending on them, your following it is basically a marketing platform. Yeah. If you have a following, you um, anyone who is marketing their properties on that on that site yeah. is obviously get, gaining exposure. So, so are you looking at the demographic of your um, followers? Uh, I yeah. mean, I know Instagram will tell you on a really basic yeah. level, yeah. which is sometimes enough. Has that been s- consistent, or c- are you able um, to change the dial on that if you do different things? You can, you can do, and obviously that's affected by the type of hashtags you use, um, your location as well. Yeah. I mean, the the properties that you're actually putting up, yeah. where they're based. Um, yeah, yeah. So if you post something in Canada, you might start to get some Canadian exactly. followers. Exactly. Yeah? Exactly. Yeah. And is that a, is that um, 
is there a plan? I mean, do you have like a content plan or do you? No, no content yet plan. Yeah, to know, I'm ne- to meet anybody with a decent yeah, following that no, says I've got a plan. No content plan. I, shall I tell you why? Why? I'm, again, I think we had this conversation earlier, but when we were talking about the lean startup. Yeah. And I've got a thing about business plans yeah. in general. And I mean, especially if you're, if you're trying something that's, that's new and hasn't been done before, or you're trying to do something differently, mm. um, there is no business plan that can, you know, that y- you can sort of take off the shelf and say, this is what I'm going to do. So yeah. my way is to go in there, um, act, and then see what comes out, and then just feel your way through. And then obviously with that, you're you're able to um, structure your business plan. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree. Okay. Um, I mean, I know we were talking about yeah, the lean yeah. startup. I think my, my, I do have a plan. It's mm-hmm. just that my plan is, um, firstly, I'm not dedicated to sticking to the plan. Yeah. But I do have a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, less so with my Instagram following. Yeah. Um, and that sort of stuff. That sort of contributes to the grand master yeah. plan. But I think, um, I think it's important to have a plan. Yeah. I think they even say like a lot of kind of positive thinkers would say mm. write down your yeah. goals i mean there is a i mean there is a plan in my yeah. head yeah. i mean i do have a basic plan yeah. but like i'm saying i know you don't I'm, know how to get there yeah, yeah yeah. there's no point writing down pages and pages yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm gonna do this thing. exactly yeah and, that's, and, and on yeah. a basic level i mean yeah, yeah. the kind of content plan of what am i going to post yeah. monday tuesday yeah i don't have that you don't have that which makes perfect yeah, sense to me i don't have that there's no time um, to be honest with you yeah um well the way i look at it as well is I think you waste a lot of time yeah, right, doing a content plan because yeah. um, social media, is, I think, is so it's so quick. Yeah. I'm posting f- two or three posts a day. Yeah. So, I mean... And has that changed? Is there things that you've done like that over the years where you've thought, this definitely help, This definitely assists with growing the account? There's like some key rules. Could you give anyone some tips or okay. maybe me or anybody okay. else? So the main, okay, so the main tips that I would say, first of all, when you receive comments respond to them yeah. as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, what, you, what you tend to see is a lot of people gain comments and they just leave them yeah. open. Um, yeah. And I think, who was it? Gary V, he, he talks about that a lot, yeah. um, you know, about the importance of responding to comment, engaging with your, your community. Because, yeah. like, I mean, it could be like you giving a speech in a, in a conference yeah. and asking people questions yeah. and, then, and then just leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? I understand. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's... So you do that, that religiously? A, yeah, I do that re- religiously. Yeah. Um, I try and ensure that I respond to every single comment that I can physi- po- physically and do. And DMs the same. Um, DMs, DMs the same as well. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that is... So I that's think rule number one. That is rule number one. Um, obviously, consistency. Posting quite frequently. Um, so consistency of the time that you post or the amount I, that you I'd post say, or consistency of what your images and your hashtags say, look like. Yeah, I'd say forget about the time that you post. Yeah. Um, really? Because, I mean, you, if you look on Instagram, it gives you like a time when your followers are, you know, are most active. Yeah. yeah. And that's the best time to post. But what I find is you have to keep changing it. You have to keep yeah. changing it around because this, I, sometimes I post at obscure times and yeah. it just goes crazy. Yeah. You know, you... There's no rule book to this thing. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. You know? So, so rule number two is... So you were, say, you were saying consistency. Yeah. So what are you consistent? So, okay, so po- posting frequently. Yeah. So at least... Well, I post at least twice a day. Okay. Um, if I'm being honest, it's probably three times three times a day. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, for someone starting off, I yeah. mean, try and do, you know, once a day. Yeah. Um, 
and you you will notice that your following will start fresh content okay so the trick with um property 10 is obviously we're like a hub so we a lot of our i'll say probably 90 percent of our content is user generated so that's from other sites um other instagram profiles reposting basically yeah um and then the other 10 percent you know would be obviously content that we've generated ourselves okay now the most important thing to realize about social media is that it's all about sharing yeah if somebody shares your posts yeah and it's a lot and they have a large account they're essentially bringing you exposure so i mean you obviously have to be happy about that so you know yeah and i guess like you're saying that's that's the rules of the game that is the rules of the game people are sharing their stuff yeah anyway and your kind of attitude is so is there a bit of targeting the right people to share as well is it just things you like or are you thinking this uh, guy's got hundred thousand followers and if i can get him to like my stuff and i can like his stuff um, kind no, of value exchange in no that i don't i don't look at it like that um i mean posted the content is obviously to the following the people who are who are following us yeah um and they're made up of i know there are a lot of we have a lot of interior designers um, a lot of estate agents um, yeah. and architects as well, okay. obviously because of the, the type of content we post. So yeah. it has to be something that brings them value as well, um, which is which is most important to us. So. Okay. Well, and what about so hashtags? Is that a yeah? Do hashtag, you research them or do you? I haven't ever. I, I have never <laughs> ever read. Okay, maybe that's a lie. I probably in the beginning researched hashtags, um, but then I realised that. It, they don't really matter that yeah. much. Obviously, you need to put hashtags yeah. in. So you're um, just putting things that you think that your audience will be searching for? Um, or what? A rule of thumb that I would use is I always go by the content that I'm putting out. Okay. So you look at the content. What is the content saying? Yeah. What is it about? What are the things that relate to that content? And use hashtags that relate directly to it. Fair because um, obviously anyone who's searching on hashtags... Otherwise, if someone searches for... Porsche and you're placing yeah. a picture of a house. A Mazda or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, it just looks a bit, it looks a bit weird. Yeah. Then you're not attracting yeah, the right yeah. people. Interesting. Yeah. So is there a plan? Like, would you like to see, like, is there a level at which you would think I've really made it as in on, on Instagram with a following that would allow mm. you, we talked about monetizing it. Maybe yeah. is there something there a level which you think right now I can, um i don't there? think there's um uh, no i'm not there yet <laughs> i'm not there yet um obviously we have done a few sponsored posts yeah um nothing too crazy um but like i said i mean we've only recently started to actually um integrate with um real estate agents um collaborating with them tell us and about doing that content. people might be interested. okay yeah um so um at the moment i'm doing a lot of stuff with sotheby's um uk sotheby's um recently we were featured in the telegraph um, they um, acquired a houseboat, um, which is, uh, I think it's on for 1.7 million, and it's based in the Riverside Quarter in Wandsworth, okay. funny enough, which is <laughs> just across the road from where Amazing. I work. Um, but yeah, so we, um, we've curated some content for that. Um, so what we're trying to do essentially is do video walkthroughs um, with the agent who has the listing. Um, but we're trying to take that one step further as well. Um, looking at what's currently out there, a lot of the agents are doing stuff just purely inside the property. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm of the view that you're if you're purchasing a property, you're not just purchasing yeah, the, the inside and the bricks and the mortar or houseboat or whatever. Yeah. You're you're purchasing the community, community and the 
area around that Brilliant. property as well. I, love that. I mean, if you're, I mean, we're both parents. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to buy a new house, you're going to obviously look at schools, what schools, you yeah. know, your children are parks, potentially going to go to parks. Train yeah. lines. Is there, a new, is there a cinema around the corner? Yeah, yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, so I think creating content around those things as well mm. and involving the agent in that mm. um, could could potentially do well yeah. on Instagram and bring value to people. Yeah, and I guess that's uh, the thing about the plan, right? That you don't know. You're, well, this is Invest it. some time, yeah. give it a go, see if people like it. I think it's a fantastic yeah. idea. I mean, I really do. I mean, I've talked to, to the guys here about um, when we start listing property on our platform, I really want there to be a kind of whole, how did you arrive there? Yeah. And where are you going afterwards? Um, you know, even coming up with a drone and seeing like what exactly is behind what's in front because one having invested in property and lent on property and bought and sold property over the years what i've realized is there is no substitute for actually going there mm. um i think it would be amazing if you got a chance to go to 10 of the properties that you posted the last 10 properties that you posted and you uh, you would arrive there and be like i didn't know that was next door yeah. i didn't know you had to go down a gravel path to get there i didn't know it was on a motorway yeah. you get a nice picture of a, a building like that, that sounds like a great idea and you just don't see what's here and it would be interesting maybe to to see and i, I don't think there's any substitutes certainly from i mean there's no harm in testing that out. i mean yeah. that's the whole point isn't yeah, it definitely. you know no it's good you know seeing, um, seeing what happens yeah interesting i'd like yeah. to keep talking i'd like to follow up as well and see like how the plan adapts yeah. um yeah, it's been useful. It's really interesting. I mean, yeah. I find it interesting. It's been a pleasure to to meet you and talk to you. And I'm really interested to see where it goes. I think there's loads of crossover. It goes without saying if there's anything Most I can definitely. help you with at all, please feel free to pick up the phone and yeah. reach out and ask. Um, any questions for me? Um, I mean, we might do a little swap around and okay. do a session with Q&A, right, but okay. on the Fendercast or anything specifically. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, okay, so... Where are you going with Defender Cast? What is your your plan? Yeah, I mean, this is probably where I start sitting in your seat a little bit more. I mean, I'm I'm really enjoying doing Defender Cast. I okay, so there's a couple of things that I think for me it's quite all the other podcasts I see are in a fixed location. Yeah, and what I'm trying to do, the whole point of Defender Cast and being in a Defender was that we could travel anywhere. Yeah. Um, the vision for DefenderCast right at the outset was that we could live stream from a Land Rover Defender and I had an idea where we could go to music festivals and we could invite people in to, okay. to do different podcasts. We could go drive to a property and podcast from there. Yeah. So the idea is that it's on the road, if you like, okay. rather than mobile podcasting. Mobile. Yeah, yeah. And it's focusing on things that I um, feel that I like and that I'm good at, which is business generally, because um, I'm really interested in just kind of simple business um property hey hey um and positive thinking which okay. i think is look which i think we've touched on pretty much all of them today yeah, yeah. um and that may be because it's the type of guest that i'm attracting or that i'm interested in but for me it's not about tab it's not about pvm or any specific companies okay. it's, it's purely about for you me yeah, yeah. yeah and you as yeah, well yeah. people to tell their story people and you know we're not sort of at the moment I'm not looking for the rich and famous. I'm mm. not trying to tap into what made you a billionaire yeah. kind of attitude. Because I think that, I feel like that's being done. Yeah. Um, what I'm trying to do is talk to real people yeah. and say, you know. See like, them at the beginning of their journey. Yeah, see them at the beginning. And also just so that other people, mm. you know, I think other people can relate. 
and say, look, I've got a full-time job. Yeah. I work for the council. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd be interested in doing this, mm. but I don't know, really, is that possible? Yeah, and yeah. I, I assume that 90% of the people that follow Property Tent don't know that you've got a full-time job working at the council. Probably not. Um, <laughs> and I don't think it even matters, yeah. but I think there is more to the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's course. about the hustle, yeah. you know, and about that, f you, you developing, what I've learned today is you developing that feeling where you think, you know, I think, I think I can do something here. Yeah. And then a lot of people leave it that, at that. Yeah. And, I, and, and that's where it ends, isn't it? That's where it ends. Yeah. Uh, everyone I've ever met said, oh, I had a good idea once. Yeah, yeah. So I could have bought, you yeah. know, I could have bought this building <laughs> for 25 for grand. <laughs> and if I'd have bought that building yeah. 20 years ago, I'd be a millionaire now. Yeah. Okay, well, what are you doing about yeah, it? Yeah. You know, what's going to happen in another that's 25 it. years? And how many back-to-back -back episodes on Netflix have you watched? And, you know, is there something else you could be doing with your time? Because I'm working 15-hour days. Um, I've said regularly, and I don't mean to be mean about it, but mm. I'm the only person who's not making any money at the yeah, moment yeah. out of all these ideas and ventures. This yep. stuff is costing me money. Yep. It's not f free. It is, however, free to publish. Yep. It's free to promote myself. It's free to go out with you yeah. and like, shake hands and talk about if we've got common yep. ground. So like, it's not even just a side hustle. It's just a fucking hustle. <laughs> um, like... I'm hustling, you know? hustling and, at, and at the same time I'm enjoying it I'm learning loads about myself it's a long winded answer by the way no that's good um, I'm learning loads about myself I I love taking myself out of my comfort zone um, I could easily have sort of taken it easy and eked out 10 years and sort of enjoyed the sunshine a bit more but it's just not my style okay. and yeah I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it first and foremost okay so um the tab app that you're creating yeah um i'd like to get some information about um how you came about um changing every day it. i mean like the the, the i talk about pivot um yeah. you know i'm not even sure i'm sort of mid pivot every time how so many pivots have you done we haven't even come to market yet i mean that the idea is that I've got very rounded experience in property. Mm -hmm. um, I understand how to buy and sell. Yeah. I understand debt intimately and the cost, all the kind of hidden costs yeah. and fees. I understand the time that it takes and the amount of money that's lost in um, legal fees and accountants and solicitors yeah. and surveyors, valuations and local searches mm. and all these sorts of things that are a minefield and they put people off. Um, my first jobs were in property and I was always interested with, you know, I used to, my first job, I remember looking at a million pound flat and just okay. being like, what? what? Who's ever going to live yeah. this? I don't get it. Um, but what I've learned is that property is protected for rich people, mm. especially investment property. Buying your own home, there is a kind of, path to saving up all your money and putting all your eggs in one yeah. basket and saddling yourself with debt yeah. and i actually believe that's dead as well mm. i don't believe that people want to get onto the property ladder in the same way that they did maybe when you of and course. I were kids it's millennials yeah. you know yeah. they're, they're all about and quite rightly so you know why be fixed to one location yeah. we'll why why, why does your house have to be your home forever yeah. i know there's a psychology difference to people feeling secure i can tell you from my perspective mm. i don't feel secure when i've got a fucking big mortgage mm. i just yeah, yeah. don't um i'd rather know that i can earn enough to pay to stay in this place for and as long as i'm earning i can afford to live here yeah. but not the one day if i can't that i could be kicked out of my home yeah. i just don't buy it yeah. and then coupled with that um 
what I started to see was people buying stuff like this. Yeah. You know, stocks, That's where all the attention shares, is. Mm. cars, holidays, um, short lets, everything. My bank, uh, everything's on here. And I'm just, I've just been searching, thinking, you know, why can't I buy property on my phone? Yeah. And then if I could, I w and then online agents and stuff, yep. you can now do loads of the yeah, job yeah. on your phone. Mm -hmm. But then why would I buy all of the property? If I could, if, why would I want to buy, put, if I was this property or this property? Well, how do I know which one's going to be better? And why would I want to pick one? It, there should be an option, I feel, to spread my money across a few okay. different properties. If I could say I'll have a bit of this one, this one, this one, yep. this one, then theoretically my risk is lower that I'm going to lose my income or that I'm going to lose a lot of my capital value. Okay, so how much money would you have to put in this? I think I saw something like a thousand pounds. It's a minimum. Yeah, so okay. we would list a house. Yeah. Um, so if you can imagine, like, I'm going to try and explain it in a way I've never explained it before because I think it'll be helpful for me and maybe for you as well. But if you looked at a house on Rightmove that was yep. to sell for 250 grand and instead of going to the Rightmove app and saying... I want to buy this whole house for 250 grand. Mm -hmm. I need 50,000 myself yep. and 200 from the bank. I would look and say, I want to buy a thousand pounds of that house. Mm -hmm. So the first part is that we would need to get a hundred people together and they would all buy 1% of that yep. property. So thousand pound minimum, but no maximum. Yep. So let's say it was a hundred thousand pound house mm -hmm. and a hundred people put in a thousand pounds. And then after completion, you all own 1% of that okay. property. So now you've got a house that's owned with no mortgage. Mm -hmm. You only own a tiny, tiny share of it, yep. but you've put less than it would have cost you to pay for a survey mm -hmm. or evaluation on that property. And then that property gets rented out for an income in the same way that yep. you know. And if you own 1% of the house, you're entitled to 1% okay. of the income. So you've put in a thousand pounds and you get a three, four, 5% return on your thousand right, pounds. And now you can take so let's say your total £10,000 yep. savings and you can say, I want to buy 1% of 10 different £100,000 houses. And you have your portfolio in your phone that says, I've got 10000 invested okay. in property. I own this house in Wandsworth, Radler, Elstree, yeah, Watford, yeah. Uh, Surrey, Manchester, Leeds. So you'd have all your properties listed okay. in your portfolio, all paying you an income based on um, what that rent okay. is. And you'd be receiving a monthly income. What Tab would do is they organize the property to be rented and yep. managed and all the rent comes into us and then we distribute it to you guys so is that where the, ma the block management company comes in possibly into possibly for That's the right yeah, properties yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so okay, yeah, yeah. um what i would say is that for the right properties um the right agent will manage yeah, yeah. them so we've got commercial property in islington probably not going to be managed yep. by pbm okay yeah, um if we've got a block of seven flats mm. in l street it probably would be managed okay, by them because yeah. um, as well as block management they also do lettings and letting okay, management as right. well yeah. so it sounds like you've you've got the basic infrastructure there yeah, should exactly. you need it yeah what um, i've what i kind of say is that everything i've done yeah. um, in my past has led me to the point where this makes sense this, yeah yeah this isn't a, like i woke up one day and said i want to start the yeah, stock yeah. market for property yeah, yeah. and i'm like Okay, good luck yeah, with yeah. that. It's more like, okay, I've done lending, I've bought property, yeah, yeah. I've rented yeah, yeah. property, I yeah, own yeah. a management company, yeah, yeah. now let's try and piece some of these yeah, things yeah. together. Yeah. So now what I'm saying is, with £10,000, you could own a property portfolio mm. with no debt at all. Yeah. Um, diverse property portfolio. Mm. One of those 10 might be a commercial property yeah. rented to Tesco. And your income's going to be 3 or 4 or 5%. And that's the kind of core idea, but okay. the most important part that I want to do, that, I've, that I'm doing, that I've built, that, that doesn't exist, is that there's then a trading exchange. Okay. 
So I can look into my portfolio and say, I bought a thousand pounds worth of- So you can buy and sell. Exactly. Okay. So firstly, there's, it works with a bid and offer system. Yeah. So you could come along and look at my pro- the properties that I own. You could say, I want to buy some of that. I'll mm-hmm. pay 1100 quid. Yeah. For, I'll pay 1100 quid for that, 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 and okay. that. So as an owner, I can say, right, I can cash out now. I can sell my thousand pound to Nigel. Right. Um, he buys it off me. I get the thousand pounds in, mm-hmm. and now you're getting the rent on that property. Right. Okay. So sounds very interesting. Yeah. So theoretically, mm. you've got like a cash out value. Yeah. So you could look at your port. So the, the problems in property, I feel, are barriers to entry are too high. Yeah. Um, debt is not the answer. Mm. And there's zero liquidity. Yeah. If you want to sell your property now, it, firstly, if you had 10 grand, you couldn't invest in yeah. property anyway. Basically um, being, he- being held to ransom by the bank as well. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. yeah. It's what, what um, mortgage prisoners you know, mm. either you've got a mortgage and therefore you're fucked yeah. or you can't get a mortgage, yeah. which cause you've got no option. Yeah. So mortgage prisoners is a term that was actually presented to me this morning. Okay. Which is really accurate mortgage description um, of yeah. what I think is going on, which is there are no other, there isn't another way. Yeah. Um, and therefore 90% of the population is just locked out yeah. of property investment. And what I want everyone to be able to do is say, so I'm a property investor. Yeah, I've saved up two or three grand. I've invested in a property. I can walk down the high street. I can go stand outside that property and say, I own 2% of that yeah. property. And every time rent comes in, I get paid in my phone. And people are used to taking out their phone, going onto Airbnb, mm. looking through some properties, see one you like, click in for more details, have a look at some more pictures and say, right, 300 quid, I'm going to stay there yeah. for one night. What I'm saying is £1,000, you own a share of that yeah. for the rest of your life and you get an income from it yeah. forever. And when you need your money back, you can sell it to a, to a buyer. So there's some challenges, right? Yeah, yeah. there's a lot. Um, there's <laughs> a, lot of a lot of challenges. Yeah. I think the biggest challenge for me is that I've been used to operating in a very personal business marketplace. Okay. And this is a big shift into a digital right. marketplace okay. where people need to be able to get their phone out and interact with it yeah. and have confidence to buy and sell property with Tab without me say, without me having to go through the yeah. pitch every time. And I guess part of the reason why I'm doing all the Instagram stuff and um, the podcast as well is that I want people, I want to be able to reach more people. I want them to be able to see that I am 100% true to who I want to mm. be. I do believe that the way things are done right now is broken and I've got it, the bit between my teeth that I really, really yeah, I can see that. want to <laughs> fix it. And, um, and I'm prepared to fail if that's what happens. Mm. Um, I'm prepared to bear that as yeah. well. It's well nothing not like ventured, nothing gained. Exactly. I don't want to so get to the end and be like, I wish I did brush this. it under the carpet. Mm. Um, because I'll, you know, I'll find out what works and what doesn't. Yeah. And also if I do get to where I expect that I will get to, then I'll be able to, lots of people, I had a previous business that was very successful. Yeah. And was that West, is that West, West one? one? Yeah. And people always say to me, oh, how did you do this? And how did you do that? And, and this, and it, then you've got to go back and retell the story. Mm. And I think your memory isn't perfect. No. You know, so you don't really remember things now, how mm. they actually were before. Mm. And this this t- this time I'm documenting my journey, okay. so I want to be able to say to people, you know what? Yeah. There's 75 blogs. Go back and watch from day one, and you'll see the people yeah. I met, the podcast, uh, the effort I went into, Instagram stories, the posts, and how it worked and how we evolved. Um, so yeah, that's 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 the basic idea. Okay. So I mean, whilst you're developing the app, um, what tools are you using to actually? go through that process. I know we touched on the lean startup yeah. mythology. Yeah, so the lean startup's really interesting because I'm 
I don't know if I'm a perfectionist actually, but I would say I'm a I'm a perfectionist. Mm. Um, but I don't really like the idea of delivering something that's not perfect mm. because I think my old school mentality. But what is perfect? Yeah, I hear you. See, my, my 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 old school mentality is don't if you're going to attract someone um, to something, then give yourself the best chance yeah. to for them not to fuck off and say that's mm. shit and I'm never going back. I know what I'm like as mm. a user. Um, if I walk in somewhere and they don't greet me properly or they leave me waiting too long or, you know, the page doesn't load quick enough. But then, done. I mean, like, with regards to your um, app, I mean, you just tell them that it's, a, you know, an alpha test. Yeah, or, you yeah. Know, a beta and that, or and I think so that's the answer, actually. Yeah. I want people to know that we're just at the outset. Yeah, yeah. We need your help. Yeah, yeah. Okay? This is not finished yeah, yet. Yeah. We don't know. We accept there's bugs. There's things yeah, yeah. that don't work. Yeah. It's It's just weird. But I think I'm at the point now where I don't want to build the piece of tech that nobody wants and mm. I don't want to do a load of marketing to something that's rubbish. Yep. So I'm just going to leverage on all of the basic stuff that I've done. Mm -hmm. I've got a thousand people watching yep. this. I've got 600 clients from my, um, from my existing business that want to hear what it's about. And I've got the whole world out mm. there. And if I upset 100 people or 1,000 people or 2,000 people, so, so be, be it. it. Yeah. yeah? Um, so... That's more of a mindset than a yeah. tool. And my like I'm very fortunate that I'm just super positive. Yeah. You know, like someone will punch me in the face and I'll be like, Oh, that was okay. a good lesson learned. <laughs> yeah. You know, I won't do that again. Yeah. You know, I definitely won't go there at that time. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, I'm just lucky that I think that yeah, way. Yeah. So yeah, tools I I think the probably the most important tool is people. Yeah. Um being able to attract good people and being able to um, convince good people that this is something that they should get on board with. I mean, I always say, if like I want people to come and work for the company. That probably leads me on to another question, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I want people to come and work for the company that, that want to be here, yeah. that wake up in the middle of the night thinking, I've got an idea, or yeah. I know someone that can help. Yeah. Not, right, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that. And again, that comes obviously down to the office culture and yeah. the way people feel when they're at yeah. work, you know? Yeah, and I don't think I've cracked that yet. I mean, I'm a difficult person. Um, I can be very difficult. I mean, yeah. yesterday I had a day in the office where people were like, I need to talk to you, I need to talk to you, I need to talk to you, I need to talk to you. Yeah. So it's like, it like a doctor's surgery. Yeah. I sat down, um, you guys were there. Um, I sat down, I was like, right, you're first, you're second, you're third, you're fourth. Okay. And then they were like, they all had a list of things like, yeah, no, yeah, no, right, next. Yeah. I need to just get through yeah. stuff. And sometimes I, I wish I could give people more time. Um, okay. I wish I, and I want to be more communicative. I okay. want to be more like, just not assume people know what's going on yeah. in my crazy head. Um, so I've said to you before, we use Slack. Um, yeah people everyone in this room um will get messages from me at one o'clock in the morning because okay. that's the time where i really get to stop doing what's urgent and start yeah. thinking about the next day mm. um so yeah i want people to embrace the technology we try to use things like trello okay. which is a collaborative tasks management thing um some things work and some things don't right. basically um, but like the app, I don't think our culture will ever be finished. And our mm. culture is not about what I think our culture yeah. should be. I suppose it's, it's constantly about, evolving, isn't it? Yeah. It's about what our um, our staff or our shareholders mm. or our users want our culture mm. to be. Interesting. Yeah. The question I was going to ask before, I think you've answered a bit of it actually, yeah. was what type of manager are you? I mean, I'm conscious. I'm really quite conscious of this actually because certainly a different manager to who I would have been before. Mm. Um, 
I don't play by the rule book and I don't do things the same yesterday, um, tomorrow as I would have done yesterday. Okay. So I'm constantly trying to. Like, I think, I mean, it's kind of cliche, but I mean, I'm, these people are my family. Okay. I spend a huge amount of time with the people mm. that are working with me every day. Um, I'm someone who I want to know everything mm. about your personal life yeah. and your your business life. Yeah. What what's holding you back? I think that's um, good. That, that is yeah. a good, good yeah. And I, I don't find like all these kind of politically correctness rules difficult mm. to deal with because mm. you know what? If you're gonna have a baby in six months, I think it's something we should be we should be happy to talk about when mm. you're on an interview. Yeah. It might not mean you're going to put me off, but mm. you know why should I not know that? Yeah. If you're unwell or you've got a problem at home yeah. or your kids are sick, then let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's try and help each other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I find like like I said to you right at the beginning, I find the rules really difficult mm. to adhere to. Um, so. You know, I just do it my way and hope that I don't leave a trail of misery behind yeah. me, that I build relationships with people where we can have difficult conversations. Mm. I think having difficult conversations is a really, really important part yeah. of management, not just high-fiving when a deal yeah. completes, but also having difficult conversations, being myself, yeah. and then... Um, I think that's the most important thing, like you said, being yourself. Yeah. Would be the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, you'll never see um, me adapt to a different meeting. Mm. Um, I always am the same. Yeah. You know, if I'm at home with my mum Friday night dinner or I'm um, meeting a city banker about a funding line, mm. I tend to try and be as true to myself as I possibly yeah. can. And on that note, we're going to call it a day. Yep. Um, I've really, really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed I'm it sure too. I'm sure we're going to become yeah. friends. Um, <laughs> So Nigel will be back and we're done.